Hey guys, I'm Sage, and this is the Iconic Dollcast. On this podcast, I'll be talking about iconic dolls and their cultural impact over time. As a longtime doll collector, I thought it would be interesting to go back and research all about the dolls that I had growing up. This includes everything from Barbie to Britney, all the way to American Girls, and so much more. I specialize in making customized versions of the Britney Spears doll. If you haven't yet, give me a follow on Instagram, Britney Spears Custom Dolls, on TikTok, Britney Spears Dolls, and Twitter, B Spears Dolls. You can also follow the official podcast Instagram, Iconic Dollcast. everyone hello everyone welcome to the iconic dollcast my name is sage your host welcome back to another episode all about dolls i'm super excited to be here today today i'm going to be talking about gi joe which is something i've been wanting to talk about since literally i started this podcast so i'm very excited for that everyone if you celebrate happy thanksgiving i had a great holiday i spent it with my grandparents as i always do and I also recorded another episode with my grandma that was super fun. We went down memory lane. I don't know if it's going to come out yet. I have to ask her first. She's got to do her whole approval thing, which it's, you know, it's whatever. She's very picky, but it was very fun. So like I said, I hope everyone had a really good holiday. Lately, I have been doing so good with not buying dolls, <laughs> trying to spend a little less money just because the holidays are coming up, but I did buy the Mariah Carey doll. I just, I literally could not help myself. I was, I was telling myself I wasn't going to get it, but like, I love Mariah Carey. I love celebrity dolls and I was awake. It was 9 PM and I got on Mattel Creations and I just couldn't help myself. I feel very grateful that I was able to get one because not everyone did. This doll sold out in like two minutes. I'm not even kidding. I got it right when it came out. And I, after my order processed, when I went back to check if they still had any, because Mattel Creations would not let you buy more than one at a time, which is very smart because there's so many scalper situations where people will buy up all these dolls and then charge like a million dollars for them. And this is the first time on Mattel Creations where I actually, you know, they limited me to one and they made me do like a code or something. I can't even remember, but it was basically, you know, to prevent that. Of course, some scammers still got around it. If you want the Mariah Carey doll now, she's... Over $100, which is ridiculous, but I do feel very lucky I got her. She's gorgeous. I'm not really crazy about her outfit that she comes in. It's like this red dress with a little belt, and I'm not crazy about it, but the face sculpt is gorgeous, and also I really wish they would have used a made-to-move body and not this just whatever they're using lately on these special edition dolls has been, it's so stiff. I just, I'm so over it, but still so glad to have her. She is so cute. I've been really deep diving into Mariah lately just cause I was so excited to get the doll and yeah, hopefully they'll do some more. Like I said, I'm just so surprised how quick it sold out for a black label. I mean, I just, I figured there would be tons of them. So just super glad I got one, but anyway, 
If you haven't yet, please head over to my Instagram, Britney Spears Custom Dolls. I just posted my Britney 2003 Christmas tree, which is all the little holiday ornaments that I made out of the mini Britney doll. It's super cute. It's getting a lot of traction, which is really exciting. I worked so hard on it and I just, I love getting in the Christmas spirit and any way I can do that involving Britney is super exciting to me. So definitely go check that out. And today we are talking about G.I. Joe. I, I'm not a G.I. Joe fan. Let me be honest with you guys. I, I definitely respect G.I. Joe, but it was never something I was into as a kid. I was never really into male dolls at all, to be honest. But I really wanted to talk about G.I. Joe. I know it's considered an action figure, but I consider G.I. Joe a doll. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> and as a kid, I definitely did like action figures. I was super into Star Wars. I wouldn't say, like, I mean, definitely if someone was like, do you want to get an action figure or do you want to get a doll? I would get a doll. But I did have tons of Star Wars action figures, Power Rangers, and... I think it's super interesting how over the years, just with dolls, there's been several attempts by Hasbro or Mattel to market like an action figure to girls, and they always seem to flop. And when I say that, I'm talking about like Marvel characters, Power Rangers, Star Wars, all that stuff. I love getting the dolls from those collections specifically. I have tons of Star Wars dolls, a few Power Rangers, love that. But it's never something that is super successful, at least from what I've read. So I definitely consider G.I. Joe a doll. And that's okay. <laughs> you know, we always talk about the negative stigma of boys playing with dolls, which is largely responsible for the action figure title for G.I. Joe, I think. But... I mean, to be honest, he always really scared me. <laughs> I wasn't into that. But in researching and talking with my guests today, it really showed me how actually very important and innovative G.I. Joe was for, you know, purposes of articulation and action figures. So we're going to get into that right now. As always, please follow me on Instagram, Britney Spears Custom Dolls or Iconic Dollcast. And here is my interview with Kenny, who is a massive G.I. Joe fan and collector. All right, guys, today I have Kenny on the show, and Kenny is a big G.I. Joe fan, and he runs the account G.I. Joe underscore A-T-E-A-M-M-R-T on Instagram, and he has a pretty big G.I. Joe collection. He's obviously very into that. So, Kenny, thank you so much for being here today. Before we get into G.I. Joe, can you give me a little background on yourself? A uh, little background on myself. I am from Maryland. I'm a Navy vet, first off. I'm a Navy vet. I started collecting Joe about, I was a, probably about 10, okay. maybe. So, yeah, not too much. I've been I've been a toy kid since I can remember. <laughs> I have a love for toys. And Joe has been the biggest of them all on top of the list. I think he probably was the reason, well... He was part of a reason that I ended up joining the military. He had a big influence in some of my stuff growing up, like just things that I like to do. So, yeah. very cool. And so, do you do you remember the first time you ever saw GI Joe? I probably was maybe about seven, and back then I was um, He Man fan, but I was GI Joe fan in the sense of the cartoon. So, you know, they had GI Joe Real American Hero in the cartoon. So, in that time, the GI Joes were about yay big. Mm -hmm. And that was in the 80s. But um I went I would I have big older cousins, so I would spend the night over their house, you know, over the weekends and stuff and whatever. 
And my older cousin, he had the Joes from the 60s and um, and the 70s. And he had a set of Joes that were on his headboard. And, you know, being the curious kid that I was, I wanted to play with them. And he was like, oh, no, 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 you're not touching this. <laughs> so fortunately, he had a set of Joes that uh, from the 60s that he had played with, too. So he allowed me to play with those particular uh, Joes. And it was just like, I would say love at first sight. I was like, okay, you know, I want these. I want these Joes. And I would tell my mom about them. And it's like, I guess because it was the 80s. So it was kind of hard to find those because they were not making those particular Joes anymore. And if you did, they were at some, you know, conventions and things like that. But yeah, that was my first experience with uh, the actual 1960s Joes because my cousin, he had them and I wanted to play with everything. <laughs> no, that's but, really yeah. cool. So uh, something I, I'm, I'm gathering. So I, I did watch a little bit of a G.I. Joe documentary before we started talking today. I was driving mm-hmm. while I was listening to it, though. So, um, <laughs> so obviously, G.I. Joe came out in the like the 60s i think it's like 1964 and so these are yeah so these mm-hmm. original gi joes they're actually i mean like i was saying before we started recording this is actually an interesting episode for me to do because i mean usually we i, I talk about dolls on here you know we do barbie mm-hmm. all that stuff but technically gi joe is an action figure um mm-hmm. and in the 60s 1964 the first gi joes that came out they actually were at a barbie scale so they're about 12 inches tall right uh, but obviously they were trying to market these to boys. So you, they, you know, they, things, times were different. They didn't want to call these dolls. So they called them action figures, but did those not stick around through the whole run of GI Joe? Yeah, they did. What happened, um, what happened was like you were just saying the sixties. So the latter part of the sixties, Vietnam War started. So as you know, here's this doll action figure, but, to me, I say dollar action figure it doesn't bother me, but um, there's some hard line GI Joers would say no, it's an action right. figure. So here's this action figure who's geared towards military and of course boys. Um, and you know when we have war going on, you have some people who are like, mm, war is not the answer to things. So this being a war toy, people were like, uh-uh, I'm not buying this for my my son. You're not going to, you know, because at that time, Vietnam, they were actually, they had enacted the draft. So here they were just pulling people. And so the the popularity of G.I. Joe declined because of, well, I would say part of it. I'm going to say the, the Vietnam War itself caused it, but it declined because of some of the things that were going on with, with you know, with that particular war. So what ends up happening is going into this about into the seventies. So they had to Hasbro had to figure out, okay, our war side of this, you know, is uh declining. So we have to figure out how to do this because he is he's extremely popular and people want it. So they flipped the script on on it and that's how they uh came up with the adventure team. So, if you look at the adventure team, they're still militaryish. They're paramilitary. So, it, you know, they gave them a different title and name as opposed to what the names were, you know, previously. And you still knew that they were, of course, G.I. Joe, because it would say it's G.I. Joe, but they called them the adventure team and gave them a whole new storyline as to what they do and the adventures that they go on. 
but it still had an underlying thing there, whereas they were still sort of military, you know. Uh, but they added in the what would be villains. And so you had bad guys that they came up with and things like that. So on into the 80s, from my understanding, with the production of the, the you know, 12-inch Joe, it was something that they were saying. One of our friends, he's really, he knows a lot about the Joe, about Joe. He was saying it had something to do with the, I guess, when they make plastic and it used oil and oil and the gasoline and then all that kind of stuff. So foreign countries we get our oil from. And so something was going on with that where they were having some issues, you know, like mm-hmm. we always do. So that ended up being what they came up with was they shrink them down you know, into these smaller guys. And then, you know, no less, they gave, made them different characters too. And then they came up with the the, the the TV show. So along with the TV show, they had the small characters. And, and that actually was really popular too. So the popularity for the larger version of Joe was still there. So you had guys who were, you know, kids in the, in the 60s and 70s that wanted, you know, this guy and they, you know, they would go to different collect, you know, collector shows and things like that and find them and stuff. From my understanding, there were people that were writing Hasbro and, and you know, saying, hey, what's going on with this? And they went into this. They decided to create a, a G.I. Joe club. So they created a club where you could join and uh, you could every like so often they send you a free figure and it was the oh, wow. 12 inch figure. They would come up, they would come up with a particular, they would get together, come up with a particular figure they want to put out and you would get that. You're a part of the GI Joe club and you know, you bought into it. You're a member, you get a free figure. Every so often they do Joe over the years would do a um, anniversary um, Joe's. So you, you would get the, they announced, they know that there were people out there that loved the 12 inch size. So they would, excuse me, do, um, a 12 inch Joe and put it out, you know? And, um, a lot of guys would hear about it cause they would put it out in like Walmart or Target. And I mean, but over the years, Joe, they, it is so many different, um, lines of gi joe mm-hmm. in the in the 12 inch room and i mean even smaller because they as was now that's what they work with the you know through what we call three and three quarter and then the little right. uh i have them to the uh you know it's sort of about six seven inch version and um but they have so many different lines of them uh because there were some like i thought oh well they have this, 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 and this. And now I'm talking to a friend and it's like, oh, did you ever see this? I'm like, I didn't even know they made that. You know, and he's like, yeah, they they have this, this, and this. So it's it's so many different things. Like right. sometimes I'll go and I'm looking something up and I'll find something. Oh, I didn't even know about, you know, know about this. So And, you know, that, that kind of brings me into my next question is that G.I. Joe came out at a time. Obviously, there was the war going on. And obviously, it was mm-hmm. the time of Barbie. And so mm-hmm. they... From what I understand, I mean, G.I. Joe was not just a simple action figure doll that came out. I mean, there was there was mass marketing appeal with these dolls. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it, it was high quality, too. It was basically G.I. Joe fans don't kill me. But it was 
very similar to Barbie. I mean, you could buy fashion packs, accessories. I was looking at just some old school G.I. Joe pictures. Mm -hmm. And I mean, all these outfits had snaps, like very, very high quality. And so what would you say was the main marketing appeal of these toys? The main marketing appeal for the toy, I would say just from a standpoint, being looking from my own standpoint growing up a little boy, the idea that I could see myself in that toy, you know, mm-hmm. I can do these same things. I could go out there, I can get in the dirt, I can, you know, change his clothes and put him in another uniform. And, you know, he got a tank, he had a cool motorcycle to get on, that kind of stuff. So, you know, that's that was the appeal to it, you know. On a little side note, it was an appeal to some some of the young girls. It's like, oh, G.I. Joe could be Barbie's boyfriend. <laughs> oh, for sure. So, I, I really think that the mass appeal of it was he was actually, you know, here's this, he's actually this larger guy, and you you get to play with him. And in the sense of when you look at uh, that of Barbie, where you could change the clothes, he had different things like that. And I think that's what the appeal was. It was like, I have this, I got this buddy I can carry around with me. He got all these awesome tools and guns and I can change his clothes, like I said earlier, and do those kinds of things. And that's what appealed to me, you know, because I could imagine before, you know, before he was created, you know, the boys was playing with the smaller little army men, but look over and his sister has this doll. She's got this car. She's got this, you know, all this other thing going on over here. He's like, I don't have nothing cool like that. And I think that's why a lot of boys destroy Barbie. So <laughs> perhaps it was a little bit of maybe a little bit of jealousy there. Maybe. I'm not gonna admit to that completely, but <laughs> no, no, no. I get it. And it's just, I mean, it's so funny because I mean everything you described is a big <laughs> a big part of why Barbie was so successful with girls. I mean, mm-hmm. and boys, but at the time we'll we'll just say girls just because they could see themselves in Barbie. And so I, I remember reading something about G.I. Joe and them coming up with the idea. So it sounds like they were pretty instantly like, yes, we're gonna do this. And one thing that I think was very interesting about G.I. Joe is his articulation. And mm-hmm. that I think is very innovative and important because, I mean, Barbie didn't have a ton of articulation back in the day. I mean, nowadays, right. you can get a Barbie that you can put in any kind mm-hmm. of pose and all that yeah. stuff. But G.I. Joe was really the the first doll scale toy that, I mean, his ankles were posable, his arms were posable. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing something that they got one of those like art, like those wooden art things. I don't even know what they're called. They're like a figure that mm-hmm. you can move around. It's for like artists to learn how to draw and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. That's how mm-hmm. they based his that's articulation off, which mm-hmm. is really interesting to me. I think G.I. Joe obviously is iconic and is very innovative. I just don't think he gets that kind of credit sometimes, which is kind of a bummer because I do think for the most part, he was outshined by Barbie and 1964, let's talk about it. His biggest competition, I think Ken came out that exact same year. Yeah, I think so. But I I, I would say I didn't, I don't think Kim was his biggest competition. Okay. And the only reason I say that is because they created Ken and Ken was kind of the backseat boy to Barbie, mm-hmm. you know, for, for a good while. It's like, oh no, he's just, he's an accessory. He's and just Ken. Like, Come on, that's not right. And so I would say he was the competition, you know, I think Ken sort of inspired it a bit because if you, you know, looking to the story, they actually they actually borrowed a Ken because when they were in the prototype 
you know, when they were making the prototype, they used the can to figure out clothing. You know, when mm-hmm. they were putting clothing, they were putting clothing on them, trying to figure out, well, how we would Joe look? You know, how can we configure? So, so Ken sort of had a little bit of a hand in the creation of Joe. I wouldn't say he was the complete competition. I wouldn't say it became competition until some years later, you know, when, you know, I guess as, you know, as time progressed, people buying the Joes and st- you hear the jokes back and forth, the G.L. Joe, like I said earlier, was t- dating Barbie and B. Ken up kind of thing. So um, I think in that sense is where it came from that Ken and Joe was sort of in competition. The one thing I will say is Joe opened the door wide open for a lot of action figures and, and dolls being art- the articulation because before him, there was no no particular figure that was articulated like that. Right. And now you have all these figures that have the articulation and, and you know, whether, like you said, because G.I. Joe has 21 points of articulation and... Um, you didn't at that time. You didn't have no doll that could do anything like that, you know. And he, I mean, fully posable. You could technically pretzel them. <laughs> so, right. you know, um, which that was a. I think that added, like we were saying earlier, and that added more appeal to him because you could do so much. Yes, totally. And I mean, aside from the articulation, just his high quality clothing uh-huh. and everything was, was there a diverse cast of characters that you could buy originally or was it just him yeah i would say a diverse cast of what they named you know the particular because they did branches of service really so right. you had the action marine you had the action soldier you had the action sailor um and um the action pilot so with that yeah they were you know with the jobs delegated that would they were a variety where they lacked for a year was there was no african-american one for a year a good year they didn't create an african-american gi joe until 1965 and so and specifically they made them you know because they realized when you think about it yes african-americans are a part of this too so we have to do this you know um and we want to do this because you know they should be included and they created the um the action soldier the african-american action soldier in 1965 you know in a lot of ways it seems like hasbro was actually way more ahead of the curve uh, then Mattel, because I don't even, I don't think they had an African-American Barbie until maybe like 1968 or something. Don't quote me mm-hmm. on that. But I mean, mm-hmm. aside from the articulation, they're also adding, you know, diverse characters into the line before right. Barbie ever did, which I think is really mm-hmm. cool. And so I, I knew that about like the different chains of military and stuff. So I think that's really interesting. And then another thing that I think is so so interesting about G.I. Joe is that it's always been, you know, Hasbro versus Mattel, whatever. Hasbro right. is really the first, in my opinion, toy company that took advantage of advertising. And the G.I. Joe ads mm-hmm. were were massive. And so mm-hmm. G.I. Joe has obviously had a long history, so we're jumping all over the place. But, I mean, when G.I. Joe came out, they had mm-hmm. these really elaborate commercials showing you how, you know, you could pose G.I. Joe in all these different different poses how he had such elaborate Uh accessories and costuming and eventually going into the 80s i mean they had tons of time so i mean merchandise tv shows movies and Mm -hmm. hasbro really took advantage of this but something that i found really interesting is that actually broadcast rules were changed 
mm-hmm. because of G.I. Joe. And when I say that, I mean, they couldn't, I think, from what I understand, they could not advertise their toys during like a G.I. Joe, the, the cartoon. They couldn't, you know, put in, put out ads for the toys because ultimately Hasbro is genius at creating TV shows to sell toys or creating stuff like that to, to sell toys. That is their purpose, mm-hmm. right? We want to sell toys. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're going to put out this TV show, but we want people to buy the toys and mm-hmm. something that GI Joe really changed for, you know, the advertising world is that eventually broadcasting rules were changed so that like if GI Joe was on, they couldn't advertise the toy. But if like the Flintstones were on, they could advertise the toy, the GI Joes, you know, Mm -hmm. during those commercial breaks. So what can you tell me about that? I wasn't, I'm not too sure on the specifics of that particularly. Um, Just going off of my experience as a kid, I honestly, to be honest, whenever I did watch the cartoon, I don't ever remember a GI Joe actual commercial for the toy following the um show so yeah i i don't honestly remember that now i do remember because gi joe had a gambit of commercials and yeah i can't recall any time that joe was on the cartoon itself that it actually had a commercial so you most likely are right with what they're saying that they had changed the rules where you can't uh where they didn't play their commercial behind their show which i would say that's pretty genius because uh, me i would think just from me i would think okay well i watched the show let's put the commercial behind it because now the kids going to see the toy now they want it but i would also too because there's been shows that i watch and i'm like dang i wish they had that as a toy you know when i was young so i think the big uproar was that parents were starting to see because it wasn't always like this and think mm-hmm. you know parents started realizing oh like you know my kid loves this tv show and the whole purpose of it is so that we'll go buy more toys for them and so some rules right. were put into place to prevent that because yeah you would think like hell yeah gi joe is on and then they're gonna you know on the commercial break show you know this brand new gi joe playset that you can buy and of course my kid mm-hmm. is gonna want that so that's kind of i mean there's just so many things my point is is that with gi joe there's so many innovative things that a Occurred with this toy that people don't mm-hmm. talk about a lot, where it's like it really did change a lot in the toy industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I just don't think he gets it, it, I don't think it gets the credit that it deserves. Cause I mean, uh, articulation, you know, diverse cast, advertising, mm-hmm. I mean, all these things are just so incredible. And obviously, G.I. Joe was very, very successful. Cause I mean, it, I mean, you could still go to Target today and get a G.I. Joe figure and it still has the original logo and everything. So it's obviously been very mm-hmm. successful. But, you know, obviously this podcast is about dolls and I talk about Barbie and how iconic mm-hmm. she is all the time. Right. But with that, I think there's other toys, G.I. Joe in particular, that just kind of gets overshadowed by that when really like G.I. Joe is probably the reason we have these very, very posable barbies today do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. yep going back to what i said earlier i I, like i said i think without joe there probably wouldn't have been and you know articulate it probably would have come but i don't think it would have come as as fast but when they put him out i think like i said that was the appeal he was so fully articulated you could do so many things with him and you know 
And I think that was what was really exciting about them. Because even now, like some figures that I look at and I'll see, and you see some similarity in some companies that have, you will make a figure. And then you look at it and you see, you see some slight similarities in some of what they did with the articulation. And you can see they went and they looked at and used G.I. Joe as a foundation to figure out how to create their articulation for the figure they created. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, action, I mean, I, I truly think G.I. Joe changed the way action figures were produced forever for the better, to be honest. I mean, today's right. action, today's action, even the action figures I had as a kid, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a 90s kid. I loved Star Wars. So I had tons of mm-hmm. tons of Star Wars and those are pretty articulated where you could move their arms and stuff. But the mm-hmm. action figures you can buy today are insane. Like they're right. about six right. inches tall That's and they can, they so many points of articulation. And I agree mm-hmm. with you. I think that G.I. Joe and Hasbro were very big played very big parts in that not only just you know for the toy but just seeing how much people enjoyed that kind of thing i mean people like to play with their toys and they like to pose them you know and so super super important to the toy industry and i just so the next thing i want to talk about because i mean we've we've discussed the iconicness of gi joe and obviously there was tons of i mean they didn't just do figures right so what what's what other types of merchandise did they have for gi joe they had the different accessory packs to go with with certain things case on one as i have i have a joke i I got joe's posted everywhere here but um the uh action marine he had a set it it was different sets that uh came with him he had a set that you could buy it was the his tent you know um he he had the tent with uh a certain type of uh gun in there and like i said with the vietnam war so they has this um it has this tank in it whereas they it was it was a flamethrower and also has its food and you know things like that canteens all that kind of stuff and with the adventure team so the adventure team they had their different vehicles that they used they had the headquarters they created a whole gi joe uh adventure team headquarters you know so when you think about it they created this headquarters like give them a headquarters like a hideout kind of thing but you know you look at it so barbie had the dream house so mm-hmm. here you are, you G.I. Joe's got his headquarters and, you know, and they had places and spaces in it where they it was like they they have a room to sleep in and they have all the little work areas that they have, you know, and then a little there were extra accessories that came with it. And along with the venture team, they had um, there was this uh, thing, it's a tower that had a string pulley to it. And you could have, have the Jogo from one end to the other from the string off of the tower. It, it, they had a plethora of a lot of different um, accessories, too. To, and then to add to it, Hasbro licensed out the G.I. Joe, you know, so you had other countries who actually created G.I. Joe's cousin, as you could say. So I even when I say is um, the Action Man. Action Man got licensed by Hasbro and they make a palatoy made Action Man. And so you had, they had the different accessories and stuff, you know. And so I have a few of those too, but he, you know, he's his cousin. So with that, they had a bunch of different accessories that, that came along with that. But yeah, so you could get, you could find other uniforms because they would make an accessory pack that had different uniforms in it. So if you bought and got, 
one of the basic jokes because they would come in the what they call a coffin box and say it even though it's an action marine you could take him out of that uniform and decide okay i want him to be a soldier today because you could find the the action pack as i guess we what we will call it where it has those different uniforms and stuff in it with accessories and stuff and you could change him out and, and he could be a soldier today, you know. I'm sure you have other things, too, because like you said, G.I. Joe, the brand was licensed very heavily. I mean, I'm sure they had mm-hmm. T-shirts. I saw some lunch boxes, water bottles and even some like mm-hmm. lifelike accessories that, you know, little kids could play with, which I mean, mm-hmm. in today's today's world, the way we look at guns and all that kind of stuff is very different. But. Back in, you know, 60s, 70s, and 80s, it was obviously very different, but you could get, like, military belts and stuff, so very, mm-hmm. very cool. I mean, you know, again, just like Barbie, I mean, it's 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 a, it's incredible. And, you know, obviously, gender, gender roles and stereotypes have changed, but obviously mm-hmm. these were marketed heavily towards being a boy toy, boy. Mm-hmm. you know, and, but I mean, same with Barbie. She was marketed for girls, like, and I'm mm-hmm. sure, you know. Uh, things have changed with both of them. I will say this, though. Hasbro did. They created a G.I. Joe nurse. Oh, I was just going to ask if they had any female yeah. characters. Okay. Yes. They created a G.I. Joe nurse. And so she's the blonde girl in the, the white nurse's uniform. And she came in her own little box. And um, she's one of uh, a few girls they created because when Hasbro licensed them out, Another company from another country, I can't think of the it's um can't think of the name right now, but they created a a female and she was pretty much it was like their adventure team. So she was a part of this adventure team. But yeah, the G.I. Joe nurse was I I want to say she was the first female that they created within the G.I. Joe world. And now today, if you find her, I've seen her. Uh, not too long ago, I saw her and somebody was selling her and she was quite expensive. <laughs> I want to say she was right at the tip of being $1,000. Okay. $1,200. Yeah. So that, yeah. that actually literally takes me into my next question. And that is the price point and collectible values of G.I. Joe's. And I'm sure it varies on, you know, era and, you know, when it came out. And so yes. what what is the collectible value of, let's say, like those 1960s and 70s G.I. Joe figures? What what kind of what kind of prices are people going to look at if they want to get some of those? If they are in excellent condition, and right now with all the way you add the economy and all that kind of stuff, you're looking at, say, the Joe itself with no clothing at a base, I would say starting, I, I've seen on eBay where they have it bidding for like $50. But if somebody's a buy it now, I, I've seen, as of late, I've seen closer to $90 to $100. And that depends on the, you know, what uh, state they're in. If right. they're, you know, in decent condition, you know, then they're going, you know, most likely the sellers are asking for more because of the condition of them. Um, but there are some I've seen and they have not been in the most excellent to get condition and they're still asking in the hundreds for them. And I think sometimes that's geared towards uh, they're hoping that uh, it's a G.I. Joe collector who knows how to customize and fix them uh-huh. to, to buy them. But for the most part, if you're trying to find a Joe that is in um, 
uh, with him it's in excellent condition and pristine, you're going to start at about $200 out at least. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I assume so, just because they're very successful mass-produced. But, I mean, those vintage items can really get up there, especially if someone kept them in good condition. So, no, I was just very curious. What is... Okay, I was talking about it earlier, how you can go... G.I. Joe is still a a running brand. It is still out there on the shelf. So what is G.I. Joe like today? Or do you get into the new G.I. Joes? Do you buy any of those? What are your thoughts? Um, It, it depends. I have... The you know I'm a lover of, of the 12 inch Joes more so than the smaller guys, but I do have them and I do like them. Within the the GI Joe, like going back to the TV show, my I had a couple of favorite characters on the show, um, and one of them was a character. His name was Stalker, and um, so I have him in in um, in the 12 inch size but they also have as of late in the past they made smaller versions and some of them were so uh, a couple of them were very detailed and that's what caught my eye and so was it two weeks ago two about two no it's been three weeks and i was in um walmart or was it target I, I just I just was at Target yesterday and I went and looked and I, they had quite a few different G.I. Joe action mm-hmm. figures. Yeah. And luckily they had um, I got lucky because I had been looking for him for a while and I was like, oh, <laughs> he um, they had a smaller, the small version of Stalker. And he did he's this particular day because Hasbro has brought back their articulation there. They, they are actually really articulated so um i got him um i have a uh, roadblock and i keep pointing back here because there's no i get it yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> and i actually i got some over here and then i got all of them most of them over here but um and so i i bought the, you know bought those guys so so i have a couple of uh, roadblocks and a bunch of stalkers over there <laughs> that I, I like would you say the quality on the new stuff is pretty good yeah, okay. I, I would definitely say the detailing on is pretty good. It's not bad at all. Very interesting. And something I forgot to mention earlier, sorry, I'm just, you know, going back a little bit. You're talking about, they, you know, there's several different characters and they did have storylines, which I think is a very, very important factor to selling toys. I think that when kids have a story to base their play off of, it just kind of excels it in a way that I can't really explain. But I, I love that they had, you know, backstories for the characters and there was, you know, a storyline that you could follow with G.I. Joe. I think that's incredibly smart for toy lines to do. So, sorry, I just forgot to mention that earlier and I have it circled in my notes how many gi joe figures do you think you own i'm laughing because i have not actually sat down and counted them and a lot of people are like you don't know how many joes you have it's okay i don't know how many barbies i have so it's fine i just i I was just curious roughly i I was going to sit down because i i I need to sit down and actually i need to log them all and um i think it's the i sit down and i'm going Oh God, I'm gonna be here forever, you know. So, I would say I'm in the hundreds, maybe two hundreds range. You know, my room is not huge; it's not a small room, but it's not huge. And so, I wanted to make sure I, you know, I have room enough to display the ones that I do. I do have a couple that are still in boxes. I don't have displayed just yet, but 
I haven't um, completely run it over in my room just yet as far as, it's, you know, space. And, but I would say in the hundreds, 200 range, maybe. Very cool. And maybe. do you have do you have a favorite favorite figure? Is there one that is just your all time favorite? Favorite Joe figure? Yeah. Yeah, actually, I do. Um, and he is a custom. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, he well, he is a custom. Um, and he's from the adventure team. So I um so when the adventure team, so on the adventure team, the African American figure on that one, his name is the adventurer. And I actually found the I was come across this. Um I seen him online, somebody was selling him. And he was in awful shape. He looked like the dog had just chewed him up. So I don't know what made me something said. I, I, I don't know. I think it was just, I love him so much. I felt so bad. So I, I bought him and I got him. And the thing I, that's the thing I love about the G.I. Joe community. Um, I have a bunch of G.I. Joe buds and friends that I, you know, communicate with on, on Facebook. And um, I started asking questions like, okay, I see you guys talking about this and I've seen somebody restore this, that. How do I fix this guy? And they did not, you know, there was no qualms about it. They were like, this is what you should do. Here's the how you restring him and what you need to do to get, you know, if his flock is messed up, here's how you fix that and, and everything. So I followed what they did and then I decided I want to get a little creative with him. And um, <clears throat> there was another character within the um, adventure team, and they called him, his name was Mike Power. He was sort of geared towards and, and kind of uh, trying to, I guess, more of being flattery towards the $6 million man. And so he had a he had what they called, they couldn't call it bionic, so they called it atomic. So he had an atomic leg, which was bionic, so to speak, and an atomic arm. So I took I found parts and I took the atomic leg and arm and I put this on my particular uh, um, adventurer that um, that I was putting, you know, Joe that I was putting back together. And so I created this custom that I, I absolutely love. He normally, as of late, I have he's had sort of a retirement, but he normally goes everywhere with me. I take him everywhere. I, I normally have a bag full of figures, so I take pictures and stuff, as you, you know, see. But um, he goes everywhere, and I would take pictures of him, and um, even though, and I made him an old, since he was older and all, with all that, I decided to make him an older guy, so he has salt and pepper flocking, mm -hmm. so you know he's an older guy. And I affectionately named him Dynamite, you know, so his storylines is that he was in, you know, in the military, of course, and at some point, leg and arm got kind of blown off. So he ended up with these prosthetic, you know, arm and leg. So, yeah. But, yeah, he's my favorite. He's definitely Aww. my favorite. I love that. Outside of I do have a, a, a mini me, G.I. Joe version of me. Aww. So, But, yeah, he's my favorite of the two. Oh, I love that. And so, I mean... I mean, that pretty much wraps up everything on G.I. Joe, almost. But I just want to go back. So you said you, you're really into, you know, collecting toys. So what else do you get into? What else are you? Oh. <laughs> oh, it's fine. Tell me. Tell so, me everything. I have 
I think, you know, when you first asked me if I would be willing to, you know, talk to you, I was back and forth with, I have two other pages. So, and I blame my sister for this. If she sees this interview, she's going, and um, that's why I mentioned it. I blame her for this one. So she's a Barbie collector and she has her own page on Instagram. And um, I have, I have a collection of Ken's. I have superheroes, so, you know, I have a superhero, so I had a whole shelf with my superheroes on it. I'm pretty sure you're, you know, about Integrity Toys, mm-hmm. and so I have I have a few of uh, their guys, you know. I, I saw the guys, and when my sister would post them, I'm like, where are you getting these guys from? And their faces and the detailing of them, I, I thought they were cool, so she was telling me, and so I, I collect, I collect those and from my childhood like joe um he man mm-hmm. is another one of my favorites and um an all-time favorite of mine who i had as a kid who went everywhere with me is uh mr t i have a mr t doll that i took everywhere with me you know um so i um Lost them when I was a kid. My mom always promised that she helped me. She would get another one. Never got another one. Aww. And then in my adulthood, a friend of mine, we were talking about, you know, past toys we had. And he brought that up. And so I was like, I wonder if, you know, I could find one. And went on eBay and actually I found one. And um, I was a, I was too, I was over the moon about it. So, and I have him. So that's, that's pretty much it. What else do I have? Rainbow High. I got some rainbow highs. If it's if it's a figure, you know, or a doll, and they and it's interesting, I, um, they they make it interesting, then I'm I'm all about it. So, and I do um have some um the you know Universal monsters. So it was a uh, Wolfman, Frankenstein, and, and mm-hmm. Dracula. You know, especially Wolfman and Frankenstein, they were a favorite of mine. So I have a Universal monster Wolfman, and then I have a Frankenstein. So, yeah, I like them. I would love, and I'm working on it, to get um, to get a Jason. Oh. oh, yeah. That is, that is, I, I love, I love Jason. Um, everybody was asking, if you had to go a slasher movie, what's your favorite? I say Jason. And some people's like, you don't like Michael Myers? I mean, I love Michael Myers, but Jason is, that's, that's, that's it for me. I love him. Amazing. So, yeah. so- Thank you for sharing that. That's amazing. So my last G.I. Joe related question for you, Kenny, is what would you like to see in future G.I. Joe releases? And I so I just think with the Barbie movie being so successful, I'm wondering if they're ever going to attempt to do a new G.I. Joe movie. What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts on that? I hope they do do a new G.I. Joe movie that would actually be great and I hope and there's nothing against the other ones because I have them but um, I hope it's more well thought out with the storyline and how they how they do with that and with the toy line as far as them with something new I really would like to see Hasbro bring back the um, the 12 inch version of, of Joe you know with his you know, full articulation. And um, I think they don't think that there's a market possibly, and that's why they haven't created a 12-inch one in a while. But uh, it is is definitely there. And I feel like, you know, it's there more so than they think. 
For sure. I think I think it would be great if they did a reproduction on the original set of G.I. Joe's in the original packaging, yeah. everything. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously it'd be different materials and stuff, but I think that would be great. And yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't do that because I there's definitely a market for it, especially if they did it like online. Like I don't I don't necessarily think they would have to put it even in stores, but mm-hmm. I guarantee if they did a limited run of those, they would all sell out. So they should Hasbro mm-hmm. should definitely, definitely consider that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely buy it. I don't have any GI Joes, but if they did a really mm-hmm. nice reproduction, I would certainly buy it just to have it because mm-hmm. it's so iconic. So, Kenny, thank you so much for being on the show. Before we go, can you let everyone know where they can find you on the internet? As you know, at my um, at my GI Joe um, underscore um, shoot. I'm sorry, because... Oh, it's okay. I ha- I have it right here. It's G.I. Joe underscore A-T-E-A-M-M-R-T, mm-hmm. which is great. And then, obviously, you have a couple more, you said. So what, yes. what are those? The other, the other two are A-T Adventurer. It's A-T underscore Adventurer 33. And then Walden Lane 20, 2019. Perfect. And I'll link those in the in the bio or in the description for this. So no worries about that. But Kenny, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I learned so much. I, I've been looking for someone to talk about G.I. Joe with forever. So I really appreciate you coming on the show and telling oh, no me all about problem. him. No problem. Yeah. I was just when you asked, me, I was like, I know. I mean, I know stuff, but I'm like, oh, no, you know, <laughs> no, this is this is great. So I really appreciate it. And we'll have to keep in touch and see what happens of with course, the G.I. Joe lines. Very of course, cool. Of course. So and don't forget to check out my other pages. <laughs> of course. All right. Well, we'll talk soon. All right. All right. Kenny, thank you so much for being on the show. I had so much fun talking with you and learning about the iconic G.I. Joe. I have a couple more episodes coming for you guys into the new year. I've got a great episode with Laura, who you might remember I talked with all about Barbie's best friend, Midge. She is back on the show, and we're going to talk about Barbie's iconic sister, Skipper, and all of the million other siblings Barbie has. (laughs) That'll be coming out in two weeks, and I also filmed a very special top 10 favorite Barbie episode that you guys don't want to miss. I don't usually like doing the whole video podcast thing. I think, you know, a podcast is, you know, meant to be audio, but everyone seems to be getting into the video thing with podcasts. And I did think this would be a little bit more visual. So I do present all of my favorite Barbies and you get to see them and we talk about the history and everything. So definitely check that out when it comes out. But until then, please follow me on Instagram, Britney Spears, Custom Dolls or Iconic Dollcast. Leave me a five-star review on Spotify or Apple. It really helps get my podcast out there, and I will talk with you guys next time. 